Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast to help you find your inspiration. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for joining us today. I am very excited about today's guest. It is Hannah Ray as Leeson. She returns to the podcast. She's become a good friend of ours. She's the best, super talented, super funny, and you get it all. All the things that you love about one Hannah Ray's Leeson you get in this episode. She's got a ton going on. We talk about all of it like her one-and-a-half-woman show, Cross My Heart, Closeted Truths from a Pathological Liar. She's going to be doing that at the Hollywood Fringe Festival starting next week. She's got five dates there. June 6th, which is next Tuesday, June 9th, 11th, 14th, and 17th. So if you're going to be in or around the Los Angeles area, go check that show out. And we have a link in the bio for you to get tickets to that show so please check it out we talk about that show and all the other things that she has going on it's a super great talk let's just get right to it here's my chat with hannah reyes leeson bud it's so good to see you again you too yeah i'm super stoked we've got to be good pals since you were last on the podcast we have what it's been years now what how many how many don't even it's been Couple few. I mean, I don't remember what year you were first on. I don't have that in front of me, but we've met in person. Yeah, yeah. Since then, we met at Steel Stacks, which was super great. That was a super fun time. It was so cool seeing you in person because, like I said, we chat all the time and I keep up with you on on social. So then to see you in person was like, huh? (laughs) Yeah, it was very serendipitous. I don't know if you felt the same way because not only did we see each other, but we performed like my improv yeah. partner performed right after you. So I was like, this yeah. is so weird. Like not only are we meeting, but we're in the same lineup. And I was a little bit <laughs> yeah. bummed because we could only catch like they kind of used to yeah. well, like, keep you in the back. So we were like creeping from behind trying to watch <laughs> as much as we could. Yeah. I'm super glad I got to see mom and dad do your set. But yeah, you're right. Like it, well, it didn't get to see the set before me either because we were in the back the whole time. But yeah, that was, I knew that you were on that show before you did. I think you did because yeah. you texted me <laughs> and I remember I responded to something. You said, it was like, Jason, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I said like, hey, are you? It. it was really funny. <laughs> yeah. I just was, I got the lineup, like the person who signed my team up, she sent mm-hmm. us a message saying, she's like a screenshot, like we got in, here's the lineup. And I saw mom and dad on it. And I was like, I wonder if that's Hannah's mom and dad. So, Because I, I can't imagine there are a bunch of duos out there. All the mom and dads in the world. Who would have right. thought? <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, I texted you and said, are you on this? And you're like, we haven't heard yet. And I was like, I don't know if I should tell her yes. <laughs> yeah. In case. Well, it yeah. was so you because you, you hit me up. And then we didn't hear anything and I followed up and they're like, we don't know how you didn't get an email. Yeah, you got in. So it was just kind of a weird thing. I 
Oh, like, wow. Very Midwestern. I'm like, hey, sorry to be a bother, but um, <laughs> I think uh, you guys should have let us know. It was just very funny there. For <laughs> yeah, well, I was super stoked about that and <laughs> had a super fun time at that. And also what's been going on in your world, you're in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I mean, technically I, you are because you were and you got blowed up on an episode of Loki. I did. I got obliterated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very funny because that whole sequence on that show, <clears throat> I don't think you ever really see my face. There was a scene nah. that we filmed that I don't believe made the cut in the end. So you don't really see my face, but you hear my voice and you never know the sound of your own voice. But some of my friends, that was very interesting. People were like, wait. I think I heard your voice on this show. I know your voice so distinct. <laughs> that was kind of fun. I was like, oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, because your face was covered, you can play a different character in the MCU one day. Yeah, that's the hope. My hope is like, <laughs> oh, so much to get there. So, yeah, I've been fortunate that I, I get to audition for other stuff. So hopefully maybe something bigger, more more notable comes along. And if I blow up, I you blow up seeing my face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll, 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 <laughs> I'll see your face all the time. I mean, I already do because <laughs> I'm on Instagram every day and you're pretty prolific on there. <laughs> I'm bombarding you. Yeah, I tell everyone, I'm well, like, I'm just here to annoy you. I hope I get to the point where like, I'm so tired of seeing her. That's when I know I'll, I'll made it. I'm like, you're so annoying I, me. I'm kind of bad at social media in the sense that if I get on Instagram, I'm only looking at the first four stories and then I'm getting off Instagram. I'm not, I don't really scroll so much. Yeah. So it's like, oh, look at these. And you, because I always engage with you, yours, if you have a new one, yours is always at the top for me. So I'm always like looking at it. But speaking of your Instagram, like you've been doing these hilarious golfing, golf, is it a, it's a golf club? It's or a golf, golf sketch like, comedy. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. They're great. You. And you all have been killing it with that. What, can you explain what's going on with that? Totally. So I have a dear friend who's also a creative and very talented. His name is Aaron Tuning, and it's Aaron's brainchild, his baby. So he, he and I had worked together in the past, in the past few years on different collaborations for brands, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. he's always kind of been like a digital content, like social media guy. He's done it where he, I think he writes and does content for brands. You know, we worked together on Buffalo Wild Wings and some other stuff. And so when this came along, this was kind of his brainchild. And he hit me up and explained it to me. He's like, hey, I kind of want to launch this thing. And at the time, I was like, yeah, I just love working with Aaron. I think Aaron's mm -hmm. great. So he's such a good director. And like he is very collaborative in everything he does. So when he asked me to do it, I was like, oh, yeah, this sounds fun. And then I think he also asked me, he goes like, what's your, do you know anything about golf? Mm -hmm. And what was so funny is I was like, oh, yeah, I worked at a country club for 10 years, almost a decade. So I was very immersed in like golf culture. Mm -hmm. Like I worked in, you know, the Bobby Jones lounge. We had like a Bobby Jones lounge and wow. I got I knew all the golfers and the members. So I kind of knew the culture and I played a bit. So jumping into this world of golf satire and parodies and comedy mm -hmm. and I granted, I don't know some of the niche jokes that Aaron brings, but the overall atmosphere, I kind of new so it made jumping in and helping create some of these characters in this absurdity very successful which it's been it's i oh. jason blown my mind how successful this is. <laughs> i've never in a million years 
so one thing is I thought it was part of like a golf club's promotional thing mm -hmm. because you all have gotten or some big entities promotional thing that you all were the faces of to help promote with comedy. But you got Tiger Woods involved. You were in a video with Tiger Woods. Like what happened? What how did that happen? Again, I mean, huge testament to Aaron and him being so smart as a creator. But no, this was just Aaron knew golf. Aaron's a big, big golfer. He's very, very mm -hmm. good. He's also a comedian. And he always talked to me. He's like, I think I could create this thing about like niche comedy. Golf has been on the rise ever since the pandemic. I guess mm -hmm, golf has mm -hmm. shot up. And so none of that. We never were doing anything for brands until like the last six months or so. Like we started off just doing sketch you know, mm -hmm. we had someone filming it, doing it for fun, putting it out there. We want, I mean, I think Aaron explained us he wanted to, we wanted to create really good short videos, you know, not done on a phone, professionally done with a camera, like very well shot, funny videos. Mm -hmm. And because there's not a ton of people doing that. And what was cool is that Bridgestone Golf, like the guy who does the social marketing for him, his name's Adam, he's super nice, saw Bridgestone, how quickly it was rising, and they reached out because he kind of wanted to start doing more social media for their brand, okay. you know, kind of breaking mm -hmm. away from the old school. Mm -hmm. So they invited us out, and we kind of thought it was a joke because <laughs> the headline was, want to do sketches with Tiger Woods, and we're like, no. <laughs> and then it turns out he was, it was crazy. Yeah, we met Tiger Woods, met a bunch of other golfers, but I kind of feel bad about it because my brother's a big golfer. I have friends who are golfers and that's, <laughs> and you're you know, the one. <laughs> I just, I'm making comedy and dumb bits and I get to meet Tiger Woods. My brother who's been golfing for 20 years is like that. He's like, you're living my dream. I'm trying to be happy for you, but it's hard. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully one day he'll get to meet Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah. The sponsorships came later. It's just been really cool. I think everyone now, you, I mean, as you've seen, content creation is kind of changing the world of media. And so, yeah. We've grown so fast and there's been a lot of success with the content that now brands are kind of like, hey, would you like to create? But it was never for anybody. Now it's in collaboration, I guess. Yeah. Well, they're dope. It's it's awesome. Thank it's, you. They're, I appreciate they're super that. funny. Yeah. And you all are putting out a lot of stuff and it's good stuff. And, and that's tough to put out a lot that mm -hmm. will do numbers on social mm -hmm. um, that is all good. It's it's tough to do that. So more power. Yeah, to it's intimidating, dude. Social media is so scary. I'm always they give you know, like, you've done it. You put out a video and if people don't like it, you just are inundated with feedback. And then you're yeah, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And of course, like the the more successful it gets, the more like randoms have something to say. Yeah, because I posted something on YouTube that was from the Emmys a few years ago when Conan was doing some bits, but with YouTube. You have to edit in a funky way so that it doesn't get like blocked for copyright reasons. Mm -hmm. You have to make it very clippy and not as fluid as I would like. And they're like every once in a while, people who don't understand that will chime in. And it's like, I don't, you know, I don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, the only way sure. this video can exist, but it blew up. And so now there are all these random people who will have stuff to stay. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. Everyone has an opinion, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and, you, and it's an opinion that's not really worth anything to the person. So you don't need to share it. 
I had that the other day. Like, I think that's one of those things is that you're always great. It's a, it's a catch 22. I'm always grateful that people follow my content and you're like, you're grateful for it. Right. You put it out there. But with that expanse (laughs) comes me like, you can't even just live your life. Mm-hmm. I think I posted a video the other day of just swinging golf and I made a joke. I'm like, I guess this is my life now. <laughs> and I, the, the amount of men that were like, here my, here's your swing, work on this. I'm like, I'm just trying to exist. I'm just trying to have fun. I'm just right. trying to play golf and learn. But everyone has something to say. You know, they're mm-hmm. very like, oh, by the way, hey, I would never, it's like, everyone has an opinion and it's, it's very and it's, fascinating. It is. It's like the entitlement people have to share an opinion, to share a critique when they they don't have any sort of relationship with you to share that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're not mm-hmm. asking for, you weren't soliciting yeah. for tips. It'd be one thing if, if someone put a video up of them doing a skill and they said, hey, what do you think I should work on? I'm trying to like hone. That's legit. But if you're just like goofing around, like here's me swinging a golf club, <laughs> just goofing yeah. around on the... On the driving range, like you're not asking for anything. You're just I know, and you you have your to be, friends exactly, and you have to be pretty comfortable. I think that's a big when people ask me about, and I'm sure again you've been in the content creation world, you know it. You have to have thick skin, and you have to be <laughs> able to look at it because I can understand that if you are putting something out there because it's vulnerable to put something mm-hmm. out there, people will right. be mean, right? There's a safety. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be able to read it and either laugh at it or like just skip and just tell yourself like they need this more than I do. They need this comment. <laughs> this makes them feel validated. Like I'll be okay. But it is wild the things people say, but you really mm-hmm. do have to be able to look at it and not think about it. Yeah. And, all right. Yeah. And frankly, women are getting that worse than guys get that. Like I don't really see it almost depends. Like there is uh someone on Instagram who's a guitarist and she's not very good. She's okay. Mm-hmm. And she had all these videos of her just being like super out of time. But what are the comments? You're so great. And it's like, okay, like, dude, she's not gonna hit DM you for your number. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could just be like, hey, keep at it. But you know, <laughs> you know, like you know, they're, they're clearly like thirsty dudes who are saying like positive yeah, things. But if I had posted a video where I was playing on that level, those same dudes would be like, you suck, fail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loser. yeah, I feel so bad. I can tell you want to put videos of you playing I mean, guitar on the internet. playing guitar. Because I, the world's going to just rip you apart. No, I'm not going to get good tips. I'm just going to yeah. get made fun of. I, you know what? I'll make a burner account just so I can ask for your number. I'll give you that. Like, hey, man, this rips. Check your DM or your number. But just for you. Yeah, let's both do burner accounts just to like yeah. support the other in the comments. That sounds great. Yeah, men in my comments. I think the men in the comments are fine. It's the DMs that get like, I got to give some men credit because they try and be really clever and funny. Mm-hmm. And I say this, maybe this is an area I'm like, as a comedian, you got to be pretty funny. You mm-hmm. got to be really, like, and I always, I, and I don't ever want to roast, but I'll like kind of turn my phone and be like, this is, and I, I watch, men don't realize that they're all saying the same joke. Yeah. The big thing that they don't realize. Is that <laughs> they're the dad you, joke, guys. Yeah. Kind of, <laughs> or just like a, a weird pickup. I can tell you like on my, the, the hundreds of times, this, some of the same lines. And I think that's what's mm-hmm. so interesting. I all think they're being the most clever. And I'm like, I yeah. promise you, you're not. 
You'd have to be so <laughs> clever for me to go. That was interesting. I haven't seen that before. Because it's all the same. Like, I'm like, I have a feeling you copy and pasted this to like 15 girls today. <laughs> yeah. Today. Oh, gosh. Can you give an example of what you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, let's pull it up. <laughs> I'm very curious. I gotta find one. There's a million. See, and that's the other thing. Like, guys, I at least, maybe I should just speak for myself. I never get DMs from anyone who I don't know just trying to like flirt or whatever. But of course, guys are going to do that. I know. I'm trying to think. There's just so many. What did this guy say the other day? It was very funny. He's like, I guess you're my girlfriend now. And I was like, well, how did we even get here? That's what you get. Because a lot of people do stuff for golf. And I'm always trying to be like, oh, thanks so much for supporting the page. Mm -hmm. Oh, I said, he's like, just date me now. That's fine. And then I like didn't respond or something. And then I post something else. He's like, oh, like, this is a weird way of trying to get my attention. Hey, girlfriend. And it just like kind of wow. kept going. And I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, no mm -hmm. shame. No, no dogging on him. But I do think that men will always kind of regurgitate a lot of the same things. And I was like, hey, man. Oh, gosh, guys are the Woof. worst. And I give them that is in no way of like no shame, no meanness. I know I just, you're not doing it, but I, I will. I not to, no, you get. I just always laugh. I was like, you have to. It it is all the same. And I uh, yeah, to, I mean, like on the one hand, mm, you know, if you're single, and everyone's on social media, which makes yeah. you feel more alone. I understand when you see an attractive woman wanting to try i get it i yeah. get it mm -hmm. but when it's somebody you don't really have a chance to meet that's where i'm like mm, i don't know guys <laughs> like, yeah you don't need to dm somebody who's you know got a blue check mark if you don't know I, you... I mean even though you i my here's my thing is i agree with you but also i'm like you can do it but I need you to be more clever. I need you to try harder. <laughs> Just you doing the bare minimum, like, doesn't deserve me being like, my goodness, I can't believe you took a minute out of your day to be like, you're hot. What? I'm hot. You know what I mean? Like, the same. I was like, you've got to try harder. I can't, I can't give you the attention. I don't, yeah. And I've seen guys do that in the comment section on video, like, on. Yes a bunch of women's posts and i'm always like how do you think this is gonna go like you see you know other people are seeing this right like it's weird. <laughs> yeah yeah like, you look like a weirdo you're just saying you are like the the letters hot <laughs> no punctuation mm, yeah. just... god bless them we need them they keep us they keep us laughing we they need keep, you. okay sure they keep don't, us laughing don't stop man we need you we need you <laughs> Oh, they're going to take three miles on that. They are. Half an inch. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, aside from the plight of what men put out in the world, <laughs> things are going well, though, it seems. Uh, is there anything yeah. else you've you've worked on since the last time you've been on the podcast that we can talk about? I don't know if there's something super secret to talk about. Oh, secret. can't tell you anything. Yeah, there's been a lot of cool stuff. I'm going to L.A., in June, the first two weeks of June, I wrote a one-woman show. I yeah. guess one, one and a half woman show. Mm -hmm. But I'm taking it to Hollywood Fringe. So I'll be doing some shows out in Hollywood. I'll be doing five shows across those two weeks. I'm very excited for that. Very nervous as well. 
Oh. Um, I put the show up here a couple of times in Atlanta and it got great responses. You know, the feedback was really good. So now my brain, you know, I, as a creative and someone that's very business minded, my brain's always like, okay, what's the next thing? Like, if I know it works <laughs> here, I got to do the next, you know, I got to try the next difficult thing. And for me, that's, I want to try putting the show in front of an audience that doesn't owe me anything. Mm. And by that, I mean, in, in Atlanta, not that Atlanta owes me anything, but it's a lot of my friends and family. Yeah. That see it. You and got, so, it's a certain support crowd. Yeah. Where, yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. they're going to have your back, but what about the people who don't know you at all? Are they, how are they going to respond to it? It's a, it's a good point because you do yeah. have to consider that aspect of it. Yes. And I think it's very necessary for creators. Mm -hmm. I think it's, mm -hmm. you know, depending on what level, I mean, maybe not. It's like, I, I want there, there should always be a safety in mm -hmm. craft, of course, but there also should be an element of, I think of like that fear and that like anxiety of, you know, the idea of failure, I think is very good. I think it means yeah. you care about something and you're putting yourself out there not knowing what could happen. Mm -hmm. And so for mm -hmm. me, the show is going to be a very fun examination of, you know, writing and performance in front of a new, new type of audience, right? Because I would imagine, pe you know, people in LA might be different, different crowd. People. Yeah, different yeah. types. And so it's more of an industry crowd too. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's different for a show like yours versus like a, a band, but a friend who is in a, who's in a band was saying whenever they go through LA, it's very industry, mm -hmm. you know, so it's, Yes. It's, you know, people who are like, oh, let me see if I can, <laughs> how I can use these people maybe. So, you know, yeah. that could be an element of it as well. Yeah. And, and that can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. I mean, right. for me personally, it's, I want industry people to hopefully come and see it. Mm -hmm. And the idea of, I want to expand, like I want as a, as a creative, I would love the idea of having life and work outside of Atlanta. And I know LA is obviously a, a big pinnacle for comedy and writing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious and I'm anxious because it is a different, I have been to LA before I have friends in LA and there is a different vibe. It's an industry vibe. It's very much, I want to be seen. You know, I love New York for the fact that nobody I think is trying to be seen in New York. Everyone's just living <laughs> their life. And everyone in LA is trying to be seen. Like wherever you go, there's always this opportunity to be seen. So it's two very drastic, like the dichotomy of those two cities. And Atlanta falls in the middle where they're very, there's still Southern charm. <laughs> yeah. So they haven't reached the level of either of those two cities. So it's very, it's a unique blend, yeah. I think. The name of the show is Cross My Heart. And yes. Closeted Truth from a Pathological Liar. Mm-hmm. And you were a pathological liar? It's so funny people read that. It's it's the idea of, <laughs> it's got a play of words. I don't know that I would consider myself, but that title came from this show. The idea for this show came from somebody who was in my life who called me a pathological liar. And mm. it's someone I really cared about at the time. Mm. And so when she called me that and our friendship, like this relationship was kind of tumultuous and falling apart. She mm. called me a pathological liar and it like really broke me and made me feel like, well, if this person knows me and cares about me and they're saying that, that has to be true. Oh, and so wow. I sat with that. And then I had this realization one day that I was like, wait a minute, the person that's calling me a pathological liar is the same person that has cheated in every relationship she's ever been in. She's cheated on her partner. Mm. 
but didn't consider that lying or deceitful because mentally she wasn't in it anymore. Like that was her justification. Mm -hmm. She's like, yeah, well, yeah, I cheated. And yeah, I slept with different people, but like, I kind of knew it was over. Like never, like never broke up. So I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm hearing this. I mean, there is no such thing as truth, as honesty. There's just this spectrum and we're all falling into clumps on a range. You know, we all just find people that kind of like to lie the same way we do. Right. And so. Yeah. But I mean, there might have also been, I'm not a therapist, but I mean, she also could have been projecting. There's there's that. Mm -hmm. And yes, you know, I see what you're saying because like there's like a birds of a feather thing. But, you know, that's like a diagnosable thing, pathological liar. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just be it because of someone you were friends with was maybe one, you know. And that's well, that's the thing is that's like so that title is a play on. I talk about this idea in the beginning where I'm kind of like, I don't think, you know, I didn't think honesty was a real thing because of this interaction. And I wanted to write a show about that. But then the show changed and it all became about me having to explore my own internal honesty. Yeah. And what it looks like, because it gets really easy to diagnose everybody else as being liars when like mm-hmm. you're the liar yourself. And for me, I went through this stage of being like, well, it doesn't fucking matter because this person's a liar. That person, every world is lying. So who cares? Mm. And it really gave me this like freedom, I thought, to be ah. a bit of an asshole because I didn't know how to be honest with myself about who I was, what I wanted and kind of dealing with some of the like ways I looked at truth. And so the whole show was an exploration of shame and honesty and how like that essentially kind of having conversations with my younger version of myself who learned how to lie and understood lying very early and how it can be used to your advantage and kind of being like, hey, here's the reality. Mm -hmm. We're not totally, you know, I know lying is easy and I know things are going to get hard, but I just want you to remember like I love you. I'm proud of you, even in the moments that feel shitty and gross, because you're going to lie a lot and it's not going to feel great. But hopefully you'll get to this point where you forgive yourself. And, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like paying homage to that idea and kind of laughing along the way. And like, yeah, we lie about a lot of things because I don't think we know how to be honest with ourselves. At least I don't. Yeah. Um, right. And I'm trying to work through that now, mm-hmm. you know. That's a very interesting topic. And it's, you know, it's self-exploration is mm-hmm. pretty key to any good one-person show. Mm-hmm. That sounds like there's a lot to explore there. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a one-and-a-half-woman show yeah. because you do have a puppet of you. I have a puppet. It's like a very, it's almost like a disturbingly accurate version of my 11-year-old self. It's based on like a picture of me when I was 11 and yeah. <laughs> played by my best friend, Cole, who I would say knows me better than most. Mm-hmm. So kind of him tapping into that voice and directing it and knowing I'm like, no one else could do it. He's the only person that could oh, wow. do it. The talented, but yeah, well, it's a, it's cool. thank you. Yeah. I'm excited about it. It's funny. It's a little bit sad, you mm-hmm. know, but ultimately it's this idea of like, we all, yeah, sure, we can all look at honesty and have our definitions, but like, I think ultimately the thing that matters most is internal honesty reflects mm-hmm. external honesty. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I hope it goes well. Thank you. In LA, and I hope you get a chance to bring it to New York. Yeah, me too. We'll see. We'll see. It's like one of those shows where I love it. I don't know what its shelf life looks like. I see. Yeah. I just have no other way to see it. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, there's been conversations with people about maybe filming it. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'll let you know. Mm-hmm, but yeah, mm-hmm. all those things where I don't like to live. I'm like, I'd like this show to live for a year, year and, and a then, half, and then write a new one. Yeah, I totally get that. I totally you know? get that. I just have FOMO. So sorry. Because <laughs> I, I so appreciate you and your work and everything that you've been doing. I just think you're such a talent. I'd love to see how this show is going. Um, And that is going to be part of the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Yes. In June. Mm -hmm. And you have a few show dates. Yeah, I believe it's June 6th, June 9th, 9th. June 11th, 14th, and 17th. It's all on my Instagram. Mm -hmm, So you can, mm -hmm. I'll have a a link and stuff. So if anyone's in LA or passing through, come check it out. Yes, please go check that out. And I know we have an audience there and I hope they, I hope they, they check it out. Yeah, that'd be Uh, fun. Yeah. Are you still doing the lottery? Tina Tiny? Tina Tiny. Don't think so. I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure that Mm -hmm. has passed. It was one of those things where it never really, it like fizzled out. I never got an email or anything that was like, hey, you know, we're like moving on, which was very unique to me. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, okay, cool. You could have just been like, I think we're moving in a different direction. I never really got it where it's done. So for about a year, I was telling people, I'd be like, I don't, don't know i think it's mm-hmm. yeah and then sure who knows it could yeah yeah they could end up contacting you tomorrow that's <laughs> well, true they're like we need tina tiny we need her those are so funny and i don't know if i ever mentioned i i know i mentioned it to you because i like messaged you when i saw <laughs> it but i was in south carolina and picking up lottery tickets for my mom and there's like this big cutout of you in the cat and I like a big hat yep, or something. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. I was like just walking around like there's also a liquor store. And I was like grabbing a, a bottle and then going to get some lottery tickets. And I went, hey, it's Santa Ray. Hey. Uh, what a vibe you were putting out too. You're like, I was picking up lottery tickets, liquor. Like, hey, like you know, thing. you need some wild turkey every once in a while. I hear you. I hear you. At home for the holidays, uh, going to yeah. need some wild turkey. What about you? What are you working on? I mean, you've got to have something up your sleeve. You always do. Oh, well, I mean, that's so kind. Hmm. I feel like sometimes when I answer this, I'm like, yeah, I've got nothing going on. And then later I'll be like, oh, how did I forget? I had the biggest thing <laughs> in the world. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but I am about to start coaching improv again. That's cool. Amazing. That. But yeah. Nice. I took a, a coaching class at the Magnet. And you know, I coached before I moved to New York. Then I moved and I taught a couple of classes. But then when I moved here and started taking classes at the Magnet and experienced the coaches and teachers here, I was like, I had no business. <laughs> I'm such a fraud. Mm-hmm. I hear that. I feel that all the time. <laughs> right. So I was like, what was I doing coaching anyone? These are coaches. These are teachers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just... Kept uh, learning from people here and performing here and, and talking to people here. Then just recently took this class. Nice. It's a really big deal that I got to do it. So I'm excited. I'm going to be coaching a house team at the very moment cool. here. So very, very cool. excited about that. As far as projects, I feel like there was something I lined up recently and did, but why am I blanking on it? There's so much going on sometimes that you're like, I feel that. Yeah. You're like, I don't, I don't and really know. And then there's like, it could be easy to be like, yeah, it's been a while. It's like, no, that was like three months ago. Yeah. But I have done some voiceover stuff recently and, and recorded right. some commercials. Okay. Hell yeah. 
but it was just like something, some random thing that's probably going to play on Spotify, you know, or something like that. Work is work, though. Sometimes work is work. Heck yeah. And it's allowed me, it's afforded me some great opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in, in Atlanta and you are with an agency there. You're with AMT there. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. How long have you been with them? I think it's like four years. Something like that. Cool. Cool. To me, your star is rising. You're, you're doing all these cool things. You're getting a lot of great gigs. Appreciate you're that. you're climbing the ladder and very well deserved because you're so super talented and hardworking and kind. And Thank those you. are, I feel like. If you're not those three things, then you shouldn't be in business. If you're not those, doesn't get out. Yeah. Hate get out. You yeah. can be mildly talented. If you're kind and hardworking, that is very important. That's but true. you have all three of those in spades. So I'm always excited to see what you're doing. When you get at your level, are you still saying like, oh, I'm going to take a class here or there? Like, what are you doing to hone and get better? Or are you in a season where you are focusing on the work and that is the thing that's sort of teaching you how to be in the industry and do gigs? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm a big, always a big class person, doesn't always necessarily have to be acting, right? Mm -hmm. Especially like, you know, this as a performer, like Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I took the acting classes. I will get back. I work with a coach and I think I might, you know, in fall get back with her. But the last six months I've been taking like a lot of writing classes Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. I took a class for three months and I'll have to finish up soon but it was a pitch prep course called roadmap writers Mm -hmm. and it was great it's all about and it's just such it was a useful skill that i didn't know about it's one thing to write it's another thing to learn how to pitch your project Mm -hmm. and so the whole thing was about learning how to create like a two-minute pitch a five-minute pitch an elevator pitch and how to get real-time practice being in a room with somebody because i wrote a pilot that i'm very passionate about that i love and I uh, wrote it with my, had this concept in my head forever. My dear friend, Tom Fatora, who lives in LA, co-wrote it with me. Like I had the concept and we reworked it together. And now it's, I think it's great. But taking that and just building up a collection of different skills. Like I would also love to take a clowning class soon oh, in LA. Cool. Just different. Yeah, just different. In things. LA? Yeah, there's, I read about um, one a couple of years ago before the pandemic that I really wanted to take. I... Highly suggest you take Tally Medell's clown class. And she okay, yes, send me the info. LA, or they, yeah, I will. Thank you. Yeah, please. Just because it's, I think what we as artists forget sometimes is that we are people. And mm-hmm. I think that's the big thing I see. Like sometimes I'll make fun of actors because I was like, hey, actors are annoying. Because if <laughs> yeah. all you do in a room is talk about acting, mm-hmm. that people don't want to do that. Everyone else is a person wanting to talk about TV or gardening or the thing. And so sometimes I'm like, I want to live a life where I love what I do. I work very hard at it and I want to stay in tune with it. But I also want to take a rock climbing class, learn how to go, like do things that are fully rounded. So at the end of the day, you're kind of reminded that life is a lot bigger than the audition you got last week that you haven't heard back from. Because it can, if all you're doing is taking in, acting, acting, acting all the time. Mm-hmm. And maybe some other people will disagree. Maybe that's how they do it and that works for them. For me, I just always want to kind of be reminded of other things, other things outside of acting. So I don't want to fixate my whole life and personality on being an actor. Right. You know, I want to have other things that fulfill me. And I've gotten really I, into board games. If you're a board game person, please hit we, me up. I recently got into chess. Ooh. I yeah. hopefully agree with you because 
There's some friends who moved from South Carolina to New York recently, and we've hung out a couple of times. And both times, um, like they would ask a question that involved improv, but then I feel like I bogarted the overall conversation <laughs> and, and just like went on some long soliloquy about improv. And I was like, oh, I'm talking too much about improv. And then sometimes when people ask me like, what's going on, I'll talk a lot about improv and what I'm doing. Cause that's a lot of what I'm doing. I'm performing every week and now I'm going to be coaching. And so it's like, I'm thinking a lot yeah. about that. The big but part I, of your life. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so it's like, it's legit. I get it. I, you know, I, I understand why you put that caveat in there of like, maybe that works for some people, but I think that can only work for so long for some people. I think you do have to branch out. I think it's good to take a comedy writing class and a clown class and an acting class if you are in the profession that we're in. But I think you have to branch out of that. Sometimes maybe take like a non-comedy writing class. Maybe yeah. do something that has nothing to do with creation, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just some other thing. Maybe go learn about, go to a museum, take a tour at a museum and learn a bunch about the art there. Like, Mm. Or like learn a bunch about wine or something like anything that interests you can be something that you do a deep dive into and, and be one of the things that you are growing and learning from. Because I, I can't tell you how many times I've taken in something that had nothing to do with comedy, mm -hmm. but it taught me a lot about comedy or nothing to do with acting. And it taught me about acting. So totally. I, I yeah. Do those other things. That's what's going to help inform you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, don't get me wrong. I love being around other improvisers and doing bits for long periods of time. But <laughs> it's also good to remember that, like, you know, taking, you know, we just, I've gotten really into gardening lately and I've been learning a lot about gardening and it's been oh. tough. Yeah, it's been really, really weird and, and like a lot of trial and error and frustration, but also very mm. fascinating to like, talk to people about it because it's what's in I think I love the idea that it's all about the human experience life is this whole journey about mm -hmm. and it's amazing to talk to people and find similar interests and just like meet people that have different you know like I wouldn't have met some of the people I met who really are into gardening and gave me tips and I'm like this is so fascinating a world outside of my world you know and it's, yeah. it helps remind you of a bigger picture because guess what we're all gonna die yeah and you know you could spend your whole life thinking about acting and doing that stuff and that'd be really fun but wouldn't you also love to meet people and learn how to grow a tomato and yeah what's been tough about gardening because that's something i'm super like interested in mm -hmm. uh, you know one day i hope to have a house where and i'd love to like make a beautiful garden like what's been tough one of the biggest things we were struggling with is just we all the planning so a lot of things especially in georgia and i don't know what's like in new york but depending on where you live mm -hmm. sun and water patterns are going to be different for yeah. plants and mm -hmm. so learning to like when to plant them how often to water them but then something that we struggled with is the sunlight changed which we did not expect oh. so we originally were planting these boxes and like made boxes and stuff like that for the for some of the vegetables the sun like shifted it. One area of the yard got eight hours of sun. Now it only gets six or five. And some of these plants need at least seven or eight. Wow. And, yeah, just been a shifting. So having to move things around, you know, you don't, it's about bugs. Like you'll plant all this stuff and have it ready and then you'll go down and 
We've had kale that's been destroyed by caterpillars. So now it's like, great, we got a plan to get rid of, you know, without mm-hmm. doing pesticides because we don't right. want to put pesticides on this stuff. So it's learning to create netting. It's just, there's just always a million things. And they always say your first year is like a trial and error and just be yeah. prepared to fail. But I don't like yeah. to fail. So when these things fail, I'm like, why don't you work? Work the way I want you to. <laughs> I'd be the nerd who would, for a year, just track the sunlight before even trying to plant, which would be like way too daunting and make it not fun. Yeah. (laughs) I'd be like, oh, you know, I noticed the sun is, I'd be an idiot about it. (laughs) No, that's not me. All the fun out of it. That's why your garden's going to be so good. And like, yeah, other (laughs) people, you can call yourself an idiot, but the rest of us will be going, had Jason really figured it out. (laughs) Oh gosh. He's living (laughs) off plants. The rest of us are picking it, you know. (laughs) But I think part of it is like, I want something with like curb appeal and stuff. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I love a garden that's like, oh, I, I, I've got some food I can eat. But yeah. then also like sometimes I don't like the way it looks. <laughs> so it's like, oh, let's see, what, how would I make this to make it look good? But then I'll, I'd just be a nerd and annoying about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. it. It gardening will have all the range of emotions. You'll be a nerd about it. You'll be excited <laughs> and then you'll be angry. It's also really hard that my best friend mm-hmm. and his girlfriend they have a garden. And mm-hmm. it looks really good right now. Granted, they started earlier than us, but they've got all these like their kale's doing well, all their lettuce, everything's big and full. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how did you do this? <laughs> Why is yours? It's all go over there and like you want to, pl- you know, pluck some of our kale. And look back in my mind, I'm like, you want to pluck some of our kale? <laughs> Might have been destroyed by caterpillars. So I'm in the envy no, yeah. stage. I'm in the envy stage of gardening. I get it. I mean, I'm glad I'm not in the sports betting. I kind of thought about maybe doing it, but then I didn't. And then both of the teams I was pulling for to get to the finals lost. So the NBA finals. So um, I'm glad. Who are you pulling for? Are you pulling was, for? Last year, I for the first time in my entire life, I pulled for a team other than the Duke Blue Devils, and it was the Golden State Warriors. Any other time? When I've paid attention, I was just pulling for a player, you know, like I've pulled for LeBron, yeah. I pulled for Kobe, but I was pulling for the, like actually pulling for the Golden State Warriors this year. And I think my doing that is what tanked their season. And I was pulling for uh, Joel Embiid. I know he had a tough last game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's tough. I'm a big basketball fan. So I've been watching yeah. this. Series. I also like Golden State. And this was the year of, I don't think it had anything to do with you. I think this is the year that we're watching the, like, that championship, Draymond, Clay, Steph mm-hmm. is dead. Mm-hmm. I think, like, but Clay's Steph been had riddled. an amazing season. He did, right? But you watch the him. Bes- yeah. And it's like, everyone's like, everyone was always saying, you know, where's, you know, game six, Clay. Clay Thompson was I know. off this series. Like, I think yeah. he was like 13%. Someone did a stat yeah. and it was brutal. Yeah, Draymond Draymond had some good games, but then he also like has, I don't know. There's some something weird in the dynamic on the team. Yeah, he punched. I think Jordan Poole. He punched Jordan Poole at the beginning of the season, and then like I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, there. I mean, Looney's a great rebounder. We also had him out the first two games, and like that rushed us. But Mm -hmm. it is weird. I think it's going to be an interesting if you're a sports fan to watch like. I think this is the end of this era, of this dynasty era with all them, and it's transitioning. 
it's tough to pull. Like the 76ers are a great team, but I think Boston is the best. I hope they win. I think they're the best. Yeah, team. that's who I'm pulling for now. If like, yeah. I mean, like I kind of do want LeBron to get another ring just so no. he won't shut up. No, no LeBron, no LeBron in this in this podcast. Really, you don't like LeBron James? You never liked LeBron? No, it's not that I don't like. I I can respect that he is the greatest, one of the greatest, if not the greatest. Mm-hmm. I'm just not a fan of creating these super teams that have been kind of his MO mm. the last how many years of like <laughs> cherry picking and picking teams. I'm like, I want organic. And I know everyone's kind of doing it now. Everyone wants to get more mm-hmm. rings and stuff, but Yeah. And I feel like this squad currently is a, is his least super team next to like one of those Cavs years like before no d'angelo russell anthony davis like they i know well, D- i know ad is there but i mean like you know when you think about like when you think about like the lakers of the 80s it had a lebron and uh ad you know what i mean like in in yeah, magic and, and, Shaq and kobe and then also there was Shaq and kobe in the like early 2000s so it's like you know I accept that. I get the criticism, but I, I accept that because of the the past with the with that specific team. Mm-hmm. But I hear what you're saying. Like, I just want him to get written again, so people will because he I I like him, but I think he is one of the greatest, one of the top three greatest of all time. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know, if people are like, oh yeah, the bubble, the bubbles, you know, it's like, eh, let's get him a real ring then, if that's how you guys want to react to the bubble ring. But yeah, um, I think it's, I think it's an, I would, I'd, I'd be cool. I wanted to be Nuggets in Boston. Actually, I'd be fine with Miami because I like anyone but LA. I like <laughs> Butler. I don't really I like Joker. Think, what? Not, that, I, that dude is unstoppable. Oh, he's, he's he he's is as great. I got to see him live because they played, they played the nets and so i was like i'll go see the-. we're just like looking at games and i was like i picked that one because i was like this guy's like one of the greats playing now so it'd be nice to see him the dude is so good he hit a shot he hit a three-pointer his first shot in that game and the crowd went nuts and it's like you're in brooklyn <laughs> why are you cheering the other guys yes, we love it we love to see a big man shoot the three yeah it's part of that was the biggest moment in that crowd gave and it's like for the opposing team but That's um cool. i think it's like if lebron wins it's fine whatever i just like saying but you've got three teams whoever won i don't think boston hasn't won like tatum i think deserves a ring i'm sure he'll get one. Oh, you mean like this iteration yeah yeah yeah, and I don't think Jimmy Butler's ever won a championship. No, I, think- I don't think so. I like team- Butler, and I respect Butler. I mean, like, oh. it's hard to not respect that whole organization. Yeah. But yeah. I am pulling more for Boston because, again, Duke Blue Devils and Jason Tatum. So, like, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. We just turned this now into a basketball podcast. Everyone's going to listen to it like, when did this turn into a basketball podcast? I didn't come for this. They come to listen to these two yell at each other about how they don't like one likes LeBron and one doesn't. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I'm so sorry. That did happen when I had Mike Zakarian on because he's a Boston guy too. But he talks in his comedy about the NBA. So that's his thing. He sort of did with the NBA what you and your crew have done with golf, where oh, it's cool. like comedy that is hyper focused mm-hmm. on this. And it's like, there is an audience for it. There's a, a niche audience for this. 
Um, yeah, that so, really, yeah. really is. Well, we've reached the end of the episode, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, I'm sorry when we ended on basketball. I wish I could make like a fart joke to go out on top. <laughs> you know. Well, let's like create something together. We can either try to come up with another niche thing that someone can make a comedy sketch out of, or we can talk about, because I'm, you know, you're doing all these different things. Like you're, you're, we were talking about how you were getting into gardening and getting into other things and expanding the horizons. And that's something I want to do. But I, I, as many, especially post pandemic, have been just hitting brick walls and trying to like get ahead in a lot of these areas. So okay. the other idea I had was what sort of advice you would have to get someone over that hump and, or over that wall, that brick wall. Which would you like to do? Would you like to do the new niche idea for sketch comedy or comedy in general or the uh, advice column? Let's do the advice column because I'm absolutely terrified of of making a new of making a new a golf niche something. It's too scary. <laughs> yeah. I'm too scary. I'll I'll fail that. <laughs> fine, fine. Let's do it. So that feels very much like going up to a comedian and being like, "Oh, you do comedy? Tell me a joke." And then you're like, I, <laughs> "Oh, I don't, I don't actually." Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I didn't know where to. I would immediately go. I'd be like, "Oh, what is something? Maybe tennis, yeah, right?" So that's it. We did that one. We did it. Tennis. You do come. Someone go do comedy on tennis. But let's tennis get some. one big joke, according to Jason. Go, I'm go sure there's like plenty you could make jokes on with that, with like the culture around it and the. The parents of tennis. I can't wait to cancel you for hating tennis. I'm like, I can't. <laughs> there tennis will be so much. I'm gonna have so many comments from men in my <laughs> my Instagram post. Show us your Finally. swing. Show Finally. us your swing. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a back slice. I think we did actually do the first one, but let's do it now. But let's do the second one. Um, the advice on how to get over the hump. Yeah. So ask me, I'm like, so get over the hump of just like when you're feeling like you're hitting a wall. Yeah. And you're like, you know, you, you don't want to, if let's say it's me, I don't want to get so hyper-focused on comedy that that's all I'm doing. Yeah. But I do want to have these other things. Like I, I do want to practice guitar more and I want to learn more about various subjects. I want to read more books. I have a stack of books that I haven't read, but I, I want to work out more. But I'm having, I, I am like slow to bring those things into the fold. And you are accomplished. You're doing all this stuff. Like what, what are you doing that is getting you to like follow through on some of those things? That's a great question. I also want to always reiterate, because this is something I re re reiterate for myself, which is sometimes like if you check in with your mental health like there mm. are been times where i have realized that my personality works very well and that like i can cram a whole bunch of shit into six months and accomplish a lot mm -hmm. and then it'll take like two months where i won't do as much and i'll let the things that fester and capitalize kind of continue to work because I'm not a massive believer like i used to be that you had to hustle all the time and i still believe in a hustler's mentality Mm -hmm. But I also watched myself starting to pull from an empty tank. Yeah. And you start to like, yeah. whether you realize it or not, I think you start to self-sabotage because mm -hmm. if you're not pulling from something or have much to give. You start to look outwardly 
Mm -hmm. And then your expectations, I think, change of people, of yourself, and everything becomes like, I have to use everything. I, I kind of see it sometimes. I, I knew I saw it when I was trying to make content all the time. Yeah. That I couldn't sit down with somebody without wanting to turn it into something. Like, we can make this yeah. a bit. And it, I was exhausting. I was like, yeah. I feel like being exhausting to other people. Well, that's um, the thing with hustle culture, right? Like, yeah. I have been pretty vocal with the podcast and the newsletter of being a little like, I believe in hard work, but like hustle culture just makes people be busy for the sake of being busy, but they're not actually making the progress that they want to have. And it totally. burns people yeah. out. And that's really? what you're speaking to is like the burnout period of it and, and the downside of it yeah. where you weren't seeing the fruits of anything. So it was like, well, I guess, you know, like you're not really sowing as much as you think you are when you're doing the hustle culture thing. Totally. And I think that I think sitting down with yourself, it's always weird, right? Because no one really wants to. But ask yourself if if you can't, when you're sitting down, tell me what your clearer goals are. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about big goals. That should be your immediate conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you and I sit down, you ask me, like, Hannah, what do you want to do? And I look at you and I go, Jason, I want to be a showrunner. Like I want to mm -hmm. run a show, write, mm -hmm. act. You know, I have very specific comparables. I'm like Quinta Bronson and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I want to emulate a similar style of career. Mm -hmm. Having a very clear set of goals, that way you start to spend time on those goals. Like for me, because those are my goals, that means like, great. So making a list of the things that take up my time. Like improv is now 10, mm -hmm. like in my top 10 when it used to be top three, because I love it. It's a great art form. Mm -hmm. But what is it giving me with regards to my goals? and having, making sure you're pursuing things that are going to give back dividends in the way that you want them to. Like if you want to be a writer, like what I did, I started, all right, I'm going to do three short films and I'm going to submit them. Like things that start to build value, right? Like I think I look at things from a business-minded way, even, you know, even if I want to meet somebody or if you're, if fitness is a goal, which it is for me, I will start to blend that into activities. I'd be like, hey, Let's get coffee and go on a walk. That's been a new thing I've been doing lately because I'm not working out as much. I'll just be like, hey, will you meet me? Let's walk and talk. Because awesome. then I like move my body and I'm not just sitting in front of a computer. Yeah. But I think getting over the hump, kind of we talked about culmination of a lot of things. One, have like try and sit down and like talk about some goals and they don't have to be businessy. Like they can be fun goals. Like mm -hmm. I, I want to get to a V4 in rock climbing or I want to plant three plants this year. Like having fun goals that feel like you can check them off mm -hmm. and then also having like distinct career goals like oh next year i want to be on a marvel tv show mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm like great when you have that in mind you start to think about things in that world a little bit more clear like just to be like oh i guess i want to act mm -hmm. yeah everyone wants to act how do you want to act yeah like, well, and so what kind I, of projects yeah yeah and i think sometimes specificity but not always making it business like have some fun ones and mix things up it's really fun even if it's a silly thing like it's fun mm -hmm. to accomplish your body you like feeds off of oh today i like told myself i'm like i want to mow the grass today and that's mm -hmm. so dumb but i was like i completed it and i feel very good that i completed a task and i think yeah that is i think that's a really good motivator i was just about to ask what how do you handle having the motivation for all those things but i do think checking something off of the list when you say like oh, i want to mow the grass today when you do that's motivating to me because it's like oh progress i'm seeing progress 
Yeah. And it's small. Like it doesn't have to be, you don't have to, you're not going to rewrite the wheel in a day or re, you right. know, whatever. But like, and you're not going to do that. So giving yourself small things and small, like chipping away mm-hmm. and then bigger stuff for me, it's just accountability. I'm a big, like I'm a procrastinator. So this show wouldn't have happened. My pilot mm. was unfinished until I signed up for things I couldn't back out of. Like, I knew I wanted to do the show and I reached out to a venue and I was like, hey, I want to put on a show this weekend. They're like, great. We have an availability at nine. I was like, great. So I have two months to finish this show. Yeah. Like, and that's pressure- plenty of time. And it can yeah. feel like, I think one of the things that people can do is they'll think, but all of this work needs to happen. But if you break it down and take it in chunks, yeah. it's actually very doable. It's, yeah. it's a lot easier yeah. to to like just look at it. It doesn't feel as daunting anymore when you're breaking it down like that. 100% agree. Yeah. So sometimes like deadlines like that, like when it came to writing, I was like, oh, I really want to submit to this festival or this competition. This is in three months. Great. So I know. I got to start like having end goals for me is always a really good way to be like, hey, it can Mm. fuck around for a certain period of time. But I know that by this time I have to be in certain places, you know? Yeah. And I think one of that, that almost feels like a life hack because, Mm -hmm. you know, lots of people will say like, I want to have this done by X amount of date. But the thing is, if there is not, if that date is just a date that you pulled out of the clear blue sky and it's not tied to well i'm gonna go on stage with it that day then it's easier to push the date back it's easier to because it's easier to let other things take precedence over it totally yeah and so having like things like big and small right and it's like i really will give myself small things to accomplish and i just feel good like even if i do nothing else today i'm like i told myself i was gonna mow the lawn so i mowed the lawn Mm -hmm. did the thing you know (laughs) <laughs> well, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. And maybe this is like the back to the motivation thing. But if you do have this list of things of, of these goals and you're and someone is still finding it hard to just like follow through with them. Have, have you struggled with anything like that? And did you overcome it? How so? That's a good question. I think, yeah, I think I'm always going to struggle. I'm I'm a natural it's hard, right? Motivation is a hard thing to teach. You have to really want something. And I'm in a very unique category where I think I get very motivated by accomplish. Like I get motivated by the future and the idea of things happening in the future. It's like a big part of my personality. Like mm-hmm. I don't think much in the past. I'm very much thinking the future, which has its pros and cons. It's very mm-hmm. hard for me to be present with people because I'm like, oh, there's, I got to be thinking about eight other things. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to staying like, I would say intentional with motivation and overcome that by, I guess I would say right now, accountability is a good one. Mm. I've enlisted the help of a couple of people that I really trust and that are smart. Like my writing partner, Tom in LA mm-hmm. is a pretty good accountability, you know, and just kind of checking in. It's almost like someone poking at you by like, Hey, we got to work on this thing. And I know that him doing it, is not him being annoying mm-hmm. because he pulls his weight as much as I pull my weight. And so I think sometimes accountability can be a good thing. And if you can't be accountable on other people, finding ways to be accountable to yourself, if that makes sense, like, you know, stay yeah. motivated by being accountable. What do you want? 
I ask myself that all the time. I think that's a big, you know, write it on your mirror. What do I want? And reminding myself of the thing that I want more than anything. And then I go, great. How do I get there? Stay motivated, just like baby steps every day. Right. There was someone who I spoke to about this, and they were also saying that if someone is having a hard time, they they are they have the ambition to accomplish things, but they are finding it hard to be motivated to try to work them out. Oftentimes mm -hmm. it is like depression. Yeah. They may not even realize that, but there is like an unhappiness that mm -hmm. they they have to work through in order to really get over it. So it's a, another moment to say, hey, check on your mental health. Yeah. And like even in those moments, right, because I, I can't speak on behalf of somebody that has chronic depression or, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of those things, because I don't I don't struggle with that. And I understand that that's a whole different ballgame. Mm -hmm. And so that I'll say in those in those moments, like checking in with yourself, giving yourself what you need is most important. And just reminding yourself that sometimes just a day where you don't do anything mm -hmm. is very good. Yeah, it's a, it's a good thing. Like, it's mm -hmm. OK. To, like, hang around and check in with your body. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's also OK just to have uh, I go back to like because I'll have lapses where I'm like, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to leave bed. And in those yeah. days, I'll give myself a small thing like, hey, I'm going to brush my teeth today. And then I'm yeah. like, Small goals, small goals. Small maybe. goals is a great idea because I'll, I'll, I have these things that I want to do, this laundry list of things that I want to get done. And some of them are just going to take a long time or they're daunting. Yeah. And if, you know, like I'll have a list, I'll write a to-do list and I'll say like, okay, these shouldn't take that long. I can get them all done today. But then I only getting, I, I end up only getting two of them done. So at the end of the day, I just feel like worthless. Like, I yeah, didn't you're do like, anything. I can't do anything right. Yeah. It's right. Just... Right. It's like there are four things left. It's the end of the day. And I only got two things done. And then it just gets to feel like a bunch is piling up. It's too difficult to get it all done. And I'll never get it all done. And then things end up like getting on the back burner burner or, you know, thrown off <laughs> on the floor yeah, totally. altogether. And, you know, sometimes it's like, hey, give yourself some small wins, you know, yeah. maybe yeah. maybe just tackle one of those until it's done for like the week. And that's OK. That's OK. Life is hard enough, my friend. Like mm -hmm. simply living is hard enough. Sometimes we make it so much harder on ourselves. Society, life, everything. Mm -hmm. People mm -hmm. makes it, you know, jobs, this market, everything makes it harder. But sometimes just just getting up doing a couple things, that's enough. That's mm -hmm. enough. That's enough. Well, there it is. Life can be tough, but thankfully, Hannah Reyes Leeson exists. To thankfully, a little I'm here to tell us. you how to do it right. <laughs> well, you just make me laugh so much. You know, any week that I'm seeing you, I know I'm laughing. And if I can say that I laughed a bunch that week, then, hey, wasn't a bad week. So thank you for that. Thank you for being so kind. and. You always ask such fun, interesting questions. You're so easy to talk to. So thank you for your presence and your presence of mind and spirit and thoughtfulness. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. Oh, gosh. Thank you. This has been a blast. You're always yeah. delightful. Thank you. I wish uh, you all the success and all the joy and everything. 
always such a great time talking to her. I feel the love. I hope you do as well. Please go see her show at the Hollywood Fringe Festival. She's performing the show five nights there, but the first one is next Tuesday, June 6th. There is a link in the bio for you to get tickets. Follow her on Instagram and TikTok at hey underscore Hannah underscore Ray. Also follow at St. Andre Goff. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at There It Is Pod and subscribe to our YouTube channel at There It Is and follow me on Twitter at Jason Far Jokes and Instagram at Jason Far Picks. Also subscribe to our comedy lifestyle newsletter and support us if you can. We have a Patreon and a PayPal. Go to thereitispod.com for newsletter and support info. Links in bio. Great episode next week. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr. (laughs) 